Welcome back. We got another special episode live. Special guest, the Natural Guys Company. We are here going live, and this is the G Podcast, where we focus on family, friends, finances, freedom, and our future, and f- everything else. This is the G Podcast, and we got the Natural Guys Company. Let's get right to it. Yes, indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> Greatly appreciate y'all for joining. In case you didn't hear it the first time, this is the G Podcast, where we focus on family, friends, finances, freedom, and our future, and f- everything else. This is the G Pod, and we got a very special guests on. Thank you so much for joining the Natural Guys Company once again. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. So we're, we're going to have a great conversation. It's going to go a couple of different places. Can we just introduce ourselves to the audience first before we get started? If uh, Ladies first, of course. Divine, if you don't mind just introducing uh, who you are to the audience, please. Of course, I would love to. Um, my name is Divine, and I am a holistic teacher and a certified life coach as Alkalade, internal seeker, forever a student. I am an 80s baby, raised in the 90s, so I'm a part of the golden era, hip-hop, glow and glory and education and truth over rhyme, I would like to say. And I'm here with uh, my amazing, beautiful beautiful spirited husband here okay thank you for that lovely intro and and you said beautiful spirited husband which is yeah, <laughs> yeah she said that so well man i guess <laughs> you know for those who know me in the uh states i'm keandre but as of now i go by i am benjamin I and mean, we can go into how i changed uh all of that later on i'm also a natural born seeker i am a uh world learner I believe that true learning comes from just, um, excuse me, simply observing the world and the universe. I'm also accompanied by my lovely, beautiful uh, wife and soulmate that I've found for so many years of also seeking uh, just someone as as a companion. Aside of that, I am the co-founder. I am the founder, I'm sorry, of the Natural Guys Company. And I'm the co-founder. I'm the co-founder. As well as co-founder, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's pretty much all I can say at the moment. Okay. Uh, I also want to say that... uh, Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, man, this is definitely my first podcast. I'm very grateful. Um, You know... Very grateful to be here, man. Gratitude is definitely the highest form of uh, highest form of love and highest form of uh, ex- expression. Uh, we are definitely grateful to have um, for you to have us on your platform, brother. So for thank sure. you. Sure, absolutely, one hundred percent. It doesn't matter how you feel. Greatly appreciate it. Greatly appreciate it. And of course, likewise. And I kind of get right to it. The the common connection here was I met Divine. But we were at Winston-Salem State University at the time when we first crossed paths. So that's how we first got introduced. Uh, but what I remember upon meeting you, you were going by a different name as well. Um, I still do Yeah. Okay. Okay. I knew you as Yashika. And then when we had a class together and it was a presentation class. And the reason why I've always sort of remembered who you are was because you did a presentation on how you got your name. And 
you tell me if I'm wrong here, but because blacks are so creative, you're from what I remember, you got your name after I believe it was like a camera or some sort of something like that, right? Uh, yeah. Can, can you enlighten us on how you got that name? The depending on where you're at, accent wise, you're gonna get Yashika and Yashika, depending on where you're living at in the world. Uh, so, but um, my mother named me Yashika. She got that name from Ad, a Japanese camera. It was the Yashika camera, and she just thought it was beautiful and what it represented, just the brand, and she changed the, the lettering, and there you have it. So thanks, Mom. I'm mad, but as I evolved and became more like sociable and connected with like minds, it was that inner light that I was always, people always reflect back to me, uh, beauty and divine and things of God and of nature and divine just was that that stuck with me over like at least now 12, 13 years. Let, let's start from the beginning there. Like you said, your mom, wh where were you born? Goldsboro, North Carolina. Goldsboro, <laughs> North Carolina. Shout out to Goldsboro, North Carolina, man. Shout out to Goldsboro. Not, and, and so I got to ask, a, a lot of folks in Goldsboro are affiliated with uh, the Air Force because uh, Seymour Johnson Air Force Base. Any military influence as to why you were born in Goldsboro? Are you just a native born and raised there yeah, definitely a native no military influence um from my immediate family i mean it was just one of those my my mother she wasn't born in goldsboro she was born in new york and my my great grandmother and great grandfather were born in um, country skirts around goldsboro my grandmother was one of the my great grandmother's children to be moved to New York during a certain time. So she had my mother and her other children there, and they were back and forth from Goldsboro to upstate New York and Goldsboro, upstate New York. And my mother had got pregnant with me while they were down in Goldsboro. So she made the decision to raise her child in Goldsboro. So looking at my life and the things now, my mom said I ain't mad at her. Okay, and, and Benjamin, what about you? Where where were you born? Actually, I was born in Kenston, uh, North Carolina. But uh, when I was five years old, we moved to Goldsboro also. And that's where I was raised um, from up until five years old, up until I decided to leave <laughs> around 17, probably. So born in Kenston, I got it. I don't want to assume, but I, I got to imagine you just got to be able to hoop if you were born in Kenston, the type of hoopers that come out of that city. I ain't got no, ain't got no sports <laughs> skills, man. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> okay, word, word, word. Yeah, I uh, can assist Kenston. and I can shoot around a little bit, but if you expect me to play on a team, hey, bro. <laughs> word, word. Like, what? Yeah. What was like, do you have memories of, of what life was like in Kenston before going to Goldsboro? Like what, what that, what some of the differences or changes you had to adjust to as a young, young person? Yeah, man, I can remember um, it was pretty rough because we were homeless mm. for the earlier part of my growing up, up until one point, like I know uh, specifically right before we moved to Goldsboro, uh, we were homeless. And then when we got to Goldsboro, uh, we were living at the Salvation Army and battered women's shelters for a little bit until we mm. uh, got to public housing and things like that. Uh, shout out to my mom, Robin Jacobs. She she did uh, hold down her three boys by herself, you know, uh, in thick and thin. So, um, yeah, can't say it was the prettiest time, but she also made sure that we had everything that we needed, man. Always ate, we ate every night, man. Always had clothes, always had every, just everything we needed. As a child, I really couldn't even complain. 
uh, to be honest. I didn't even really notice it, so to speak. Uh, no, I, I appreciate you sharing that. And I'm, and I'm sorry to hear the, the circumstances that, that seemingly took you away from, from Kenson to Goldsboro. But like you said, shout out to your mom for being able to, to continue to, to push on through and, and, and raise you and your siblings. Goldsboro is not, say, even today, it's not necessarily considered a bigger city. What, what type of stuff did y'all do for fun growing up, each of you in Goldsboro? Oh, man, it was the funnest. It was most of the funnest time, man. Normal hide and seek. Um, we was outside children to the streetlight. Um, come on, type, <laughs> type, type thing. So we was riding bikes. Oh, just... Uh, child stuff outside but like not how it is these days man i remember we was just talking about the day how we used to saturday morning cartoons eating cereal stuff like that just remembering the good yeah. old times <laughs> what about you yeah pretty much the same for me too it's definitely like i said is for me it was a moment of just like joy and happiness growing up in that area because it was a lot of resources there that was afforded to us and we took advantage of them in the community so you had a sprinkler my God, like we were looking forward to those. Sprinklers came out. Oh my goodness. And I see lady. I see lady. Everybody that comes through the hood. Bikes. We'll get out there and ride our bikes and things like that. Um, things that you just you kind of just don't see there anymore. It has faded away um, because of a lot of influence <laughs> of uh, dark entities, negative forces, negative music, gang violence, and a whole bunch of other stuff that you just will. It's a new, whole new place now. But that's that's that is something that because I relate to that growing up. I grew up outside as well. House key. Soon as I wake up, we outside and we gonna yeah. stay out until we literally gotta come back home till it's as dark as possible. And in the in between, you're doing all types of stuff, getting into mischief going places you ain't got no business going on your bike but like the idea of say a parent letting their 10 year old nine year old just be outside like without any supervision no cell phone no way to get in contact any of that stuff and then just hope they make it home is like such a taboo thought like you you spoke to why like what about those energies is it that has cause such a shift because you mentioned some things but can you speak more to maybe why from your perspective it's not like it used to be wow it's a lot of things that go into it from the age of girls getting pregnant they get younger and then the mothers are not as educated so it's just like this really generational thing that happens and it's not broken so after a while, you just have this way of living that seems normal. And the music is a heavy influence. I'm just, <laughs> come on, it's just a bunch of, now I have my moments of just being fun and laughter and joy. But when they say like, listening to some of those lyrics and what's being said, and then a lot of what goes on behind the curtain and why they're saying that to get more and more programmed of more and more followers, this way of destruction of our kind in the community, this is why. Why like a continuous, a continuous like dark cycle. And from when I was growing, the music was, I said golden era. So golden era hip hop. So you had the positive messages 
inside the lyrics that we were already listening to. So that's kind of like the really big difference because we're kind of like doing this. We have to survive. We're living day to day. We're doing the same things, going to school, everyone taking your child to school. But there is some other things like music, I think is the biggest factor in there. Mm, I got to agree. I got to agree that the, the, the influence that music had on, I just know on me personally in terms of how I speak, how I dress, how I carry myself, how I present myself overall, music definitely raised me to some degree uh, from a teenager into my early adulthood. So I would imagine that's the same for every generation. Like you said, like that music, that culture, it's it's embedded and it's a way to program. So we're, I actually, we'll, we'll circle back to, to that because that is such a... Man, it's heavy. It's very heavy. It's very heavy. But before we, we we get there, let, let me let me take a step back. So growing up in Goldsboro, like ideal, say childhood, simple, safe. You could be outside, play with friends, didn't need much to have fun. Just be outside with a bike. When did y'all actually meet in Goldsboro? <laughs> uh, we never met we, in Goldsboro. Man, we never met, literally, bro. <laughs> and she literally we lived two doors down from me and in, 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 in the hood. I but we did. <laughs> two doors, like it's literally two doors separated. No, yeah, so I would man. say, I would say. I know you had at least seen her through the blinds. Was like, who is that walking that way? Or? Okay, no, it was like three little houses. You like in between okay, us okay. or something like that. Okay. Like literally in the we same saw, circle, man. No, I'm sorry, but we saw. This is the this is the funny part. We lit. We literally had like mutual friends. I would come outside. I wasn't like I, I love being inside, especially um, like in high school when AOL came out, and I started figuring out all oh, the chat rooms <laughs> and we could talk. All other people around the world I'm going to stay on this computer. So, yeah. so outside during high school, I kind of won't, but I would go hang out with like one friend and then she knew everybody around the hood. So I would always just hang out with her. Never, ever saw him once, one time. But I have a memory in high school because he played um, drums in the band. And I'm like, I've always loved music. I had this connection with the drum line um, since 2000. I just I think Goldsboro High School just had infamous um, reputation for their band since 2000, since I knew we were just so hyped to go there. But that's where he played the drums. And I remember seeing him maybe one time. Can you believe it? Not spoke to each other at all, but it was all for a reason. Like it was all for straight up purpose. Yeah, it was definitely know? for a reason. Yeah. Wow. Let me just get clarity on that. So that one time, what, what was the interaction like? Definitely well, some yeah. eye contact, but it's real vague in my mind. It was definitely uh, like not even know, a co conversation or. It, no, no, mm. bro. Like it was definitely a vague memory. And then when we actually did meet, it was like, hold on, I know you from somewhere. Like, it was type that vibe, moment, you know, it was that moment again. I remember very clear for me because I was just my eyes was like. I was just happy to be around, bopping around high school. And I saw him with his drumstick and we paused because he had to come in. I had to go out and that was it. I was oh, also wow. my junior year. So I had to know wow. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I had to know everybody in the class because I was responsible for some things. So I had wanted to like get to know everybody. And he was so mysterious to me, very quiet and laid back as <laughs> <laughs> and I knew for a fact he was in the band. I knew for a fact that was the only thing I knew about him. So same high school. What about middle school? Nah, right. Different middle schools, but uh, okay. But same high school. Yeah. Same high school. Okay. Shout out to Goes Goldsboro High School. Okay. So <laughs> cross paths. 
this is like toward the end of high school when you cross paths. This is uh, or this is like toward the beginning where that moment happens. It was more like the middle because he didn't even stay in the high school the whole time. He didn't even graduate yeah. with our class. More, it's more like the tenth, around the tenth grade. So we were. It was just a split second. It's like it was just one of those effect. It was like a butterfly effect moment where it's a moment where I would never forget. Because he was impressionable like that. So very quiet, very mm -hmm. laid back. Mm -hmm. Just his presence would make you be like, okay. It was a slight glimpse of my future wife, and I didn't even know it. Oh, that's yeah. really what it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Slight foreshadowing. Real life you know, foreshadowing. I've been asking for, longing for, seeking for, you know, as a youngin', and um, not ready for it, obviously, bro. You know how I'm little, little, little dudes are. So I had to be ready for, for something like her, man. For someone like her, I'm sorry. Someone like her. Okay, and, and it was mentioned that you you didn't graduate in the same class. So so, Benjamin, what was your high school experience? My high school experience was just trying to get through. Uh, like I said, I'm a world learner, man. Books and what they was teaching, I was already so far past that with understanding and uh, understanding and overstanding. And then my studies, and it was like what they was teaching just really wasn't resonating. Like uh, every other uh, young person, young black person of myself, like a young black male or whatever, really we really don't have too many options outside of uh, high school so that was really my worry of what would I do out, outside of that haven or territory like like shelter or whatnot so my high school experience was just getting by but it was also a good experience also uh, with just I would say music kept me out of a lot of things kept my mm. mind off of uh, other stuff when you go through high school what what was next for you after Goldsboro High School the United States Army was next for me uh, after after the year after I graduated. And, and why I, the Army? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, you you going to say something? No, I was going to say, I, and I really wanted to go to the uh, military in high school. That was one of the so, things that after high school, you really put on a limited a pathway. It's really college or military. Um, and it's in your face every day in a town like Goldsboro. It's such a heavy influence on what you see and what's available to you. Like that's that that's a very realistic outcome because it's right there in your backyard and you see it every day. I'm sorry. I just I'm like I that was actually because you when I think about it now with school and going through it was like I just had no I had no other choice but to choose the school versus military because at 17 my mother wasn't signing no papers for me to go yeah. to basically. No, she won't let me go, but. <laughs> it's, it's so, Benjamin, why did you go right to the Army after high school? Well, like I said, it really wasn't too many options for us, like you guys also speculated. It was either Scholastic or College. I obviously didn't have 10 bands or didn't even want to pay 10 bands a semester for just to get an education or something I can learn, obviously, myself. So... I thought the military was a better option and I can also travel the world because I love history. So I was like, so all the stuff that I saw in the history books, Paris is right there. London is right there. I also love fashion, art. So I'm like, man, I can be in London doing fashion and Paris doing art and da 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 da. The military, uh, I was working with some recruiters during my high school career. I'm actually recruiting people to join the military, which was pretty fun also. So when I joined, uh, they offered me a duty station in Germany. And that was my first duty station in the uh, active duty portion of the military because um, realistically I joined when I was 17. So I couldn't even, I wasn't even of legal age. My mother had to sign a waiver. Oh, wow. So that I can join. Yeah. And I was also oh. very ecstatic to go. I was very ecstatic to leave. The first portion of my military career, I was in the National Guard where I spent two years. Uh, actually, I spent a year. And during that time, I did uh, six months on Border Patrol doing, uh, I guess, Border Patrol, guarding a 
Mexican U.S. border, and then in where on the border were you roughly? I'm sorry. Like where on the border were, was your experience? Different locations. We were about 40 miles from the actual border, and then okay. the nearest city from the border was actually like 40 miles uh, from the from the border inside of Mexico. Uh, we were pretty far out, but we can see we can see everything going on. It, were you like in like Texas or uh, Arizona, New Mexico? Like what what? What part, uh, you mean roughly? that location? Yeah, we was actually in uh, Tucson, Arizona, man. Tucson, Arizona. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm familiar with those checkpoints because... Ah, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> my wife was... So my wife was in the Foreign Service, and we lived in uh, Nuevo Laredo for a little bit. She lived there for a couple years. I lived there for around maybe eight, nine months. And we would often travel to San Antonio, which was like two and a half hours away. When you cross the Mexican border, there's always that next checkpoint you got to get yeah. through. That's like 30, 40 miles up. You were kind of yeah. like that next checkpoint before you really get into the States. That's <laughs> all these checkpoints that yeah, we were kind of positioned farther back. That was also, man, the military was some of the best times and some of the worst times uh, of my life, man. So, mm. <laughs> I got uh, stories for days, so man, it's, yeah. I'm going to pause there and circle back because I can only imagine types of experiences you have. You, you, you. You you didn't stay, so we'll we'll get back to that. And then Divine, when you left high school, you said looking back, you you also were thinking about military, but ultimately, what did you end up doing right when you left Goldsboro High School? Well, right when I left, I went to Campbell. I was at Campbell University for only a semester, and it was just my curiosity. My senior year, I was seeing where people were going. Mostly, everybody was doing HBCU because that was encouraged. HBCU, you had alumni teaching at our school, so they were pushing West and pushing A&T, all these different places, encouraging us to go to HBCUs. But I was very curious, and I'm a very person that I want to know. I want to know. So I want to mm -hmm. know what um, Campbell University was like, so I went there right after. And it was like, it didn't, I, I don't even know what to say. I can't. It wasn't for me at the end of the day. I had a really short time there and it was so wild, crazy, fun experience, but it wasn't, it wasn't for me at that time. So went to Winston, applied to Winston and got in and for, what was that? I can't even remember, uh, 2005, freshman year. Okay. And that was where roughly around the time when we crossed paths. I don't want to make it too much about Winston-Salem State, but just can you describe your personal experience with the university? And I'm curious, would you encourage others to go as well? It's a, it's a saint. It's a, it's a place like, it's kind of like a place of discovery. You go, you learn, you grow. And I will encourage, I would encourage, especially if you, if you have like nothing on your plate, like at, I, I would say for myself at 16, I was like, okay, I got to take the LSAT because I'm applying to UNC and I'm going to do UNC for four years. And then I'm going to do law school at 14, 15. I was still in high school planning this. So some, but at 14, 15, some, you just got like some children now you just don't know, but they just need that extra visuals and that stimulation, education at an institution to see different things, uh, levels. Yes, I would. And my experience was dope. It was great. I partied, had that 
And then I, then I got to a point where I really got involved with um, what was going on on campus. Because first I was just kind of going around campus. Just I had just no idea what was going on. I had to figure it out. I had personal stuff going on. I had way, I felt like myself as like a freshman, sophomore, I had like heavy financial duties to make my own money to figure that out, which is why the whole entrepreneurship wheels was turning because I'm like, I'm just seeing so much going on in the world, um, but it was a safe place for me to figure it out. Like, loans, yeah. whatever, pool plow. It was you know, here in Germany, it's free. You know, university, if you live here, if you're a citizen or whatever. So, when I learned, was learning what was going on in other countries, I was kept really turning my face up at the US with certain things that were going on and how they treated um, people who live there. Yes, I would encourage my, my people, brown girls, boys, to go out there and figure some things out quickly. I like the way you frame that. That is that is the, the people, like I said, is, is college expensive no question and the the value in which you get from it is questionable but if you go there with the intent to explore and and to take advantage of what's there and learn new things like that exposure can open up new doors in your mind that would never have gotten unlocked if you didn't like you said see it first so you could see it and hear other stories other backgrounds that was one of the things i liked about winston was just the diversity of black folks on the campus, mm -hmm. like growing up in Durham, I just had a thought of what black folks were. And then you go to a campus like Winston, you meet all types of different black people from different backgrounds and, oh, okay, like more diverse than I thought. So mm -hmm. I, I appreciated that that sort of experience as well, being there. Definitely. And even in my, my storyline with college wasn't either, it wasn't doing four years and then I obtained my degree either. It wasn't that. It was mm -hmm. a bumpy road as well because I'm just like Benjamin. Like I'm really rebellious spirit. If it don't resonate, I don't care if everybody is doing it. I don't care if you're saying this is the right way to do it. I don't want to be led like a in sheep hurdle and blindly. Mm -hmm. And not that it was it wouldn't have been beneficial things in my life I could have benefited from or been a certain way but I'm I'm hundred percent um grateful for how things went with that but I did get my degree in like been a couple of years later after <laughs> but I did get it yeah word up so so you went to Winston Benjamin went the army route how did y'all end up crossing paths then as like adults like what was what what led to that moment Want me to take this one? Well, let's just say at the point of the story in our life, right? So, cause you're in our twenties, okay, even in even in the military, it can be partying bull too, just like in college. But we both were in our twenties doing this dance where we're like figuring it out. It feels good. I'm flying here and being in this state, this country, and I'm flying here and being in this state. We both were on a high in our life separately, figuring stuff out, making little mistakes, falling, bumping things, but we kept moving forward because we knew individually we needed to get somewhere we need to get stable we need to start it to build something solid and things but like with every story there's a little we took both individually took a dive and I always say with Goldsboro, people can talk bad about it and all of this about the small town and all this, but our family is there. My mom's there, grandma's there. So at, at anything that goes on, if I'm feeling like low or I have to go, need to go home, then that's where good people, me speaking for myself and Benjamin also, that's where we reconnected at 
now in this yeah, yeah. we basically met yeah, i was going through definitely going through some stuff and i had to come from a whole nother country uh to meet my my my, my lady man so i was uh it was in 2018 i came back to the u.s i had actually built the natural gas company in 2018 and it was going great for about six months had a very down downward uh fall and it's only because I didn't listen. You have to listen to your inward, to your inward conscious and also to the predecessors who were there before us, our ancestors or whoever you want to call them. They are there to guide us as well. And because I didn't listen to, and the voice was very clear, but the people around me were very toxic. So I lost everything. Uh, basically, I had to come back uh, to North Carolina and I found myself sleeping on my mom's couch. And like she said, you can always go back home to family, uh, which is a great thing about country folk, North Carolinians or just anybody. I ended up back home. Uh, it wasn't two years later in 2020 was when I met Yvonne, actually. I was working at Family Dollar, man. Uh, she walked in and I was, we both just looked at each other. It was like, oh, I know you. And then uh, yeah, we sparked up the conversation and realized that uh, where we knew each other from the same high school, yeah, we knew each other, of course. Uh, that's pretty much uh, how we started in 2020, how we met. And in 2018, you said you actually started the Natural Guys Company. That was the initial inception in 2018. Oh, man. 2018. And you were um, located where at that time? I was located in Mannheim, Germany. Mannheim, Germany. Okay. Okay. And when you founded the company, like talk to me a little bit about what the initial uh, launch of that looked like, the, the first version of the Natural Guys Company. Uh, the first version of the Natural Guys Company were me, uh, were myself and another uh, business partner that I had, uh, came across. Um, he was more of the monetary part, the money part, and I had all the, the science and the business plan down packed. We acquired an office building. We just started coming up. Well, I pretty much just started coming up with the recipes and things that I'd already known about. Try to incorporate some herbal remedies. The whole thing started um, actually because uh, I was homeless so and I needed uh, something. I was also just tired of the norm and the whole narrative of the nine to five. I'm not the nine to five type of person. Every job I get, I lose or something goes wrong and I'm just like, I needed something. So you were homeless in Germany? Yes. Uh, the story goes back, man. So I can tap on a little bit about everything if you if you want, man. I'm, I'm open I mean, I, to I love to, I, I love to hear. I love to hear because like <laughs> because this is where people can really learn because everybody has a, a path that they take. What we see along the way, especially the way that stuff is portrayed in the social media era, it's it's we don't really understand the true ingredients that make us successful. And the success that makes you successful is the adversity that you go through and overcome that makes you successful. But yet when we're on social media, we don't highlight adversities. We don't highlight, quote unquote, uh, down times. We highlight the ups and the highs. We don't talk about the lows when the lows are a part of why the high yeah. is so high. Right. As much as you're willing to share, I'd love to hear about what ultimately resulted in you being homeless in Germany when you were in the military at some point. Like that is a, like, I'm, I'd like to know what happened to get to that point. Like I said, I left the military. Well, I didn't say it. I'm going to say it now. I left the military sporadically in 2010 because I'm such a free-minded person. Uh, I can't be some of the things that they had us doing in Iraq and <laughs> it's just too hot. But like, why am I doing this? The people, the Iraqis don't want to have nothing to do with Western civilization. You can see these things now that you're inside the box. My mm -hmm. way of thinking was, how can I get out of the military without causing myself or so much harm with it? Because they could actually lock me up for some for things like that. Mm -hmm. And I was in um, I was in Iraq doing a 15 month uh, tour in Iraq. And I was just like, man, one day I was like, man, what can I do to get out of this mug? 
without getting in so much trouble. And I Googled it and it was like uh, drugs or smoke. So I smoked when I got back. Obviously when I got back, I was, everybody was doing whatever, turning up. I, I, like one day my sergeant pissed me off. I was like, man, no f you, man. Man, that's why I smoke. Look, Keep y'all off or whatever, man. And uh, so they went immediately and just piss test me and made me do uh, 40 days extra duty. And they gave me the option to leave or stay. And I said, well, with all due respect, I'd rather just get out. I can't, uh, I don't want to do this lifestyle anymore. My sergeant signed off on it and that was it in 2010. Uh, without a knowledge or a whim of what am I going to do with my life, man. That yeah, was a like, big uh, I'm sorry, babe. I said, no, that was a big risk. Just that was to a huge, yeah, a huge risk. Mm -hmm. uh, those are the risks that I normally take because, you know, like she said, when something don't resonate, sometimes you just got to mm -hmm. move with spirit because uh, right. stuff get crazy in the military, man. Yeah. And definitely uh, in 2010, I met a I met a woman and I got married in 2016. I'm gonna shorten this story up because it's long. Yeah. So you know, for the sake of the podcast. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I got married and in 2016 I had a child. Okay. And I have a seven year old son right now. So like I said, that was uh, of course the me and the uh, mothers. The, the child's mother is not on good terms. That was in case made me homeless. I'm just not the nine to five type of guy. I'm not the uh, come home and then just on Sundays, I can only well, work no, on my personal- He person wasn't the ideal husband back then. He was not person, the ideal Definitely not the ideal husband. You're right, you're he right, yeah, for sure. I had a lot of growing up to do. I was still out there doing my thing as well. Oh, yeah, brother, so I definitely wasn't ready, but I knew I had a child. I had to figure out this thing really quick, and I knew that this nine to five deal is not my bag, man. So what can I do that everybody loves and does every day? You're born, you live, you die and in between or you take showers and that thought actually came to me when i was homeless at a friend's house uh, i was like i can make soap i can make herbal products like my grandma used to do i remember her talking about the last soap and herbal teas or this and that whatever so mm -hmm. that's basically how uh, natural guy started and i was also homeless for quite a bit of time uh during that time i ended up sleeping in my office building during that time in 2018 so uh, so how did you meet that initial investor or business partner at that time period to help get things lifted. And God, man, I was out there one day on the river in Mannheim. There's a nice river out there and we were sitting outside grilling out. Like always, I got my business plan with me. <laughs> I got my stuff with me. And this guy just walked up, this young cat. He was probably 18 at the time. He was in school out there. He was half German and half Ghanaian, I want to say. Not to take away from his culture or anything. But uh, yeah, he just walked up and he was looking for some cool uh, black people to hang out with. Because in Germany, they're here and there, too. And there we are. We just started chopping it up. And, and the next thing I know, I always talk about what I'm doing. And that, that was a thing. So And I introduced it to him. And he was like, hey, man, I'm in school for this. And I got the money. I was doing this business plan. But I like your idea better. And that's just how it evolved. So you got introduced to Germany through the military, but then ended back in Germany post-military post why Ger why germany man germany uh like divine was speaking on the on the u.s of a man it kind of lost the, the taste of my mouth for it uh, because i always knew that it was something outside that little box that we live in in goldsboro north carolina it's always something out there we learn about all this stuff in, in the history books about the louvre and the eiffel tower also slavery which is the only thing that really equate on but then uh well, my recruiter told me that I was going to Germany because uh, I told him I wanted to go somewhere outside of the U.S. When he told me Germany, uh, I was kind of nervous because I'm like, man, this is straight up. All we know, black folk is Nazi. 
Hitler, right. that type of regime. Is there any black people over there? Uh, what am I going to do? It was Germany. Everybody was hyping my head up about, yo, that's the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> well, when I got there, it definitely was because it opened my mind up to a new social system of how they actually take care of their people a different way. And nobody's mm. here is actually, uh, the only reason I will say is the only reason why I was homeless is because I was sporadically kicked out of the house and not conforming to a system. But if you will very much take care of the people here a very much different way than uh, the U.S. Like I said, I have my son here. So when I went back to the States in 2018, I could not leave my man. That's what we talk about family. Your show is based off family. So he is uh, one of the main reasons why I'm back here to also uh, give him what we're passing down, what we're building so we can pass down to our next generation. So I didn't realize that your son was actually born in Germany. I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the situation happens. You end up relocating back home to the U.S. Goldsboro at the family dollar. Now, let me just interject here for a second because let's just be real. Let's just be real. Most niggas is not going to get any play working at the family dollar. If she come in to buy whatever and you try and shoot your shot, it is tough. tough. My boy. It ain't tough. It ain't tough, cuz, cuz you gotta know the quality. And I love our people, man. I love our people, but our hood could do better. And the quality of people that are around there, they always could use a smile. And I'm, I'm that type of person who's been cultured. And oh, man, so I'm behind the counter and I'm just, oh, hey, you look pretty today. How you doing? <laughs> Uh, but when Divine walked in, man, she stopped. She stopped me, man. And we both kind of like, er. <laughs> <laughs> and like, oh, we know each other. So, oh man, definitely Family dollars. I'm very grateful to have that, that gig because I was trying to think in my mind, how in the world can I get up enough money to get back to Germany and sustain, see my son, like just to live there again? Because, and I can't get it at Walmart or work in the Family Dollar, you know what I mean? So it was definitely a lot of stress on, on me at the time, man. So. Wow. Okay. I appreciate you sharing that. Divine, you, you were led back to Goldsboro as well what was it that took you back to goldsboro around that that time period well i had a tragedy to happen i was living in new jersey i was there a good maybe five years i might have been going on six years living in germany and i had a tragedy when i decided to give birth at a teaching hospital in Goldsboro. I was pregnant, um, so I came down to live with my mother. Uh, it was this moment where the birth, the pregnancy was like planned, but not planned. It was like one of those moments where you're like, okay, I don't care if it happens because we've already talked about it. But then when it happened, it was like, oh my God. I got really, really sick. And during the end of my pregnancy, my mother and everybody agreed, okay, let's just come go home. We'll get a bigger house. We'll help you. And I did. And when I gave birth, I decided to go to uh, a teaching hospital and she didn't make it in the sense of seven months later she had gotten sick this was right before covid she just basically went into this uh state of shock from being poked a lot like i have to choose my words very carefully because it's a very weird and sticky situation where i did not sue the hospital um, for it because i emotionally i just didn't have didn't want to go through it the time bringing up all like just basically trying to collect a bunch of evidence and the network 
there was really tight. So I just didn't have the energy. I just wanted to just leave it alone. Yeah, when she passed, that kept me in Goldsboro because I needed to start my grieving process and my healing process. I had to do her ceremony and I had a bunch of friends and family around me at the time to just love on me, support me, take care of me. I couldn't have asked for like better people to be around me at the time. Everybody know who they are. That was just came without question and was there. And that's what landed me there. So after a while, because it became a blur to me after like something tragic just happened, I'm like, kind of like, wow, I'm back in Goldsboro. I got pregnant. I had a baby. She died. And now I'm without child and back in Goldsboro. And then COVID, boop. Like not all of that just was like a domino effect right before I reconnected with Benjamin um, at Family Dollar. Because I was um, going in there right after she passed. I was going through my grieving process with um, consulting counselors and healers, just going back to ground zero, doing the healing work, because at the end of the day, I'm human. So I can represent a lot within my brand, my, my life on social media. People may see me talk about spirituality or talk about things. But at the end of the day, shit happens, real life happens, death happens. It fucks you up. Like grief is yeah. for real. And I did not know until that shit happened to me. And I, it really was like, what the hell just happened? So in between my process of this, this happening, I stayed with my mom and I was just every single day I was just waking up and having to process this thing. And somewhere down the line, I was just like, it's just time to, you know, heal again. And I wanted to do like this uh, day retreat for people to come and learn about different things. I had speakers. I had a guest line speaker line up, but I needed this little something right i needed something that i knew i can get at family dollar it was like this little container box thing i'm just like looking for something specific but to get it for cheap so i was like i'm on a mission and family dollar in the hood they're missions you get in you get out boom like that's <laughs> you know you drive in the hood again so i was like okay and that morning i went in looked for a box and i was like well the the manager was trying to sell it to me for two dollars i was like no it's family dollar give it to me for a dollar if you can't then no. So she was like, oh, 250. I'm like, no, well, bye. So I left. And listen, when I say, when we talk about intuition and voice and ancestors and things that we feel on the inside, our body organs give off signals. It is for real gut butterflies, all of these things that operate with inside of us tells us things whether we're full mm -hmm. all the things right so i'm get i leave family dollar and i go to my homegirl house and i couldn't stop thinking about this box and it won't the fact that i left it for two 250 and didn't get it for a dollar but i was like it was calling me it like you know <laughs> it was like just go get the box and everything will be okay just go back and get the box and i went back to family dollar and i knew exactly where it was so i was on a mission i sped in but it was if you next could, day what do you say, babe? It was it, it was the next day. The next day I went in and I sped in the next day. And if it was slow motion, it was like we made eye contact. And then I went on the aisle and I was like, I put my hand over the my heart. The crazy thing is I, I wasn't even supposed to open that morning. I was supposed mm. to come in that evening. But she called me and was like, hey, can you come in and open up the store? I'm like, yeah, you know, came in early that morning. And, and therefore, if I hadn't, I would have missed this whole opportunity. I'm sorry to cut you off, but that was no, no. You, that's fine. I mean, that's what it was. It was like we we and it was on a really nice portal day. It was like three three. 
um, yeah. lined up. Just one of those moments where I was in my zone. Like I was like, okay, I was. I just wanted to feel the, what I was feeling and take my teachings, take my knowledge, keep studying, take everything, just take it and keep moving forward because I am alive. Like my mantras when my daughter died was like, my life is over. I don't want to do this. Shit. Like every day, like every day, it took like my people in my family just would just stand over the bed because I'm crying all day. I couldn't do nothing but cry. These are mantras that I was putting out there. Like my life is over. I can't do this without her. I don't know. I had to take that energy and just take all that willpower and that sorrow. And man, I just decided, hey, just just hold space. You know, that's really important now is to hold space for others that are going through things that are grieving or whatever, experiencing things. And and I'm a nature loving individual. So I like to incorporate the real natural law of things in, in the universe to help with that process. And that's which is why I was holding a conference or a retreat, a day retreat. And then COVID happened. So me and Benjamin met, then COVID happened. And then it was like we it, it wasn't like we stuck together, but it was like, look, we're going to figure this out. This is this time. This was like the sounding of the alarm for all conspiracy theories. And listen, I can be one, whatever. I'm not into labels, but listen, I already know. So this COVID back in whatever pandemic, this all that happened these years ago when it first came and it shocked the world. It was really this is the time. This break the glass time right mm -hmm. now. It's break the glass time for real. And. Look, first and foremost, truly sorry that you had to experience such such an incident in, in your life. And and I can only imagine what, what that was like. So my, my deepest condolences for, for what you had to experience. I guess my, my 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 question is when you guys met, what were your names at the family dollar? Was it Yashika? This is what was your original name, Benjamin, when you were born? My name is Keandre Fletcher. It was Keandre Fletcher. So did you get introduced as Keandre Yashika or did you say I'm Benjamin? Have we already no, made that time, shift? At the time, I was still trying to get Keandre out of my system, man. Keandre got some old ways that uh, <laughs> I like to share. <laughs> and so um, it wasn't until months, uh, I think it was probably months later uh, that, that me and Devon got together. I shot myself in the knee to be realistic about it. <laughs> I had a, a knee injury. It was only then where I was forced to be still i had to be still and i was laying on the bed at the house a lot of times uh, just studying like i always do and that's when i came up with the name actually the name came to me actually uh, and i was um i think i gave you a business card uh, we came back in or something i left you did. i had another moment like <laughs> um I, oh i went to the car and got a business card but it had you she could divine up there yeah she's she always been divine to me so that's all i went through yeah <laughs> so let's talk about that of going from Yashika to Divine because and you and you mentioned you came down from New Jersey. Was that the time period in which you you embraced this name or did you embrace that before you even landed in New Jersey area? I embraced it before I landed to Jersey because Jersey was another life changing and turning point, like a whole cultural experience and a lot of uh, highly powerful individuals that I was able to learn from directly and be with and around all the time really helped influence that. But it was before I moved there um, because I was always in like the settings there. So I just kind of like set myself up to be there because before I moved, I was there virtually just groups and things like that. So I was always called divine. 
And when you say like highly powerful people in that area, is it possible to speak to who some of these people were you were able to learn from and work with or or are you able to share that? I can share some, but not all maybe. Uh, one of my master, uh, she's just, I will call her like just this master teacher. She's earning her right is um, C-Asia. I give her credit like 100%. Um, beautiful C-Asia. Very, very powerful um, sister in the nation of God's and Earth and just the New Jersey Anti-Violence Coalition very boots um, on the pavement, like hitting the ground, microphone, um, loudspeaker, and just really, she's introduced me to a whole community in Newark, New Jersey, that I'm just always grateful for, have met so many people, so many beautiful sisters that's passionate, uh, dedication, dedicated to just Know what their mission is like and, and and that's something i also learned from my husband is like you don't abandon the mission you don't abandon what you're here to do you don't abandon this this mission and i've been grateful and that's just one moving to jersey but she that was really the whole reason was to really see what was going on and gain insight so that i can also apply and that's one of one of the best things that i learned is to apply learn get what you need and then leave the rest because everything is not for everybody you're not here to like be replicas of one another everybody has some gift and things to teach and if you are lucky enough to sit at the feet of true teachers then you take it and that's what, what my experience there was and you, you you mentioned nation of god is nation of gods and earths is that did i say that correct yeah five percenters in the nation of gods and earth now i'm not even i don't even want to get into it because uh, do you identify i say do you identify it with that community like do you say i i am <laughs> one of okay okay no, uh, you you would you would have thought so back in the day, especially on social media, because it was a lot. It was it was really a lane out there back in the, I'm gonna say ten years ago on, with the groups and just learning and the language um, would make people think that you are a part of this group or whatever. But no. Okay. Okay. Got it. The the learning, the type of stuff that you learn. Like, can we just speak to what it what it is that's so enlightening about this process? Because it seems to have a, a huge, it seems to be a huge piece of just how you identify and who you are. Like what, what are these things that you're, you're learning that you didn't know before? Okay. Well, I will be very transparent. Maybe with, the, let's see, one, certain things that were really how to be a civilized um, person, civilized woman and what that looked like. Even that part of being a civilized individual and not disrespecting yourself in public in the streets and things like that. I learned that from a sister in the nation of Islam. So I really took take in certain things that maybe just be like how to repair a hem in your pants or their domestic things around the house that I, that I didn't learn from my, my mom directly, certain things. Just how to really like properly set a table and things like that. But deeper, deeper knowledge just of the world, like the science of just life and the cycles of human existence. It's just mm -hmm. really more to it than you are born and then you die because the, you go through certain life cycles every seven years and then by the time you get to 28 there are things that should have connected by then and you go on a different journey and then by the time you're in middle age there's a possibility that this could happen so I was like studying the growth of human evolution 
more so than taking a specific you one thing and just studying that one thing. Because I could have been in the nation of Islam. I could have been in the nation of God's earth. I could have been a five percenter, you know, Christian type thing. But I, I just really you know, took it all in and position myself to where I just didn't get labeled with it, but respectfully studied a lot more. Very, very interesting. And, and that, that history seems to be a common denominator between the two of you, because uh, Benjamin expressed he had a love for history, learning things, and that seems to be something that, that resonated with you as well, Divine. So upon meeting, and then you're coming back to Goldsboro with this knowledge, which I don't think is necessarily as common in a place like Colesboro, where you run into people like that day to day. Is that fair to say? It's quite fair. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I don't want to go crazy. A little bit now in, in current day, but back then, like, no, it was. That's why a lot of people was, was follow my Facebook back when I had one and would think, like, what are you, you know, this is not typical Christian language or, or calling yourself a goddess or a queen or saying peace queen, you know, like the typical language that the greeting that will be said and I'm like okay this is just me finding my way and and let me do me because I'll find my way and it eventually you see how now current day 2023 2023 everybody's like queen and this mm -hmm. and goddess and all this now so is that a is that an is that an example of positive programming what do you think that is yeah that's really what it's about positive programming if you so, think about it yeah. and yes i really i really would say yes because it's the same thing with the golden hip-hop era and the music and the positive messages positive programming and that's really where my stance came from because i'm like i know nobody's talking about this type of stuff but i'm gonna repost mm -hmm. it i'm gonna share it all my friends all over the u.s so from jersey to milwaukee to texas to california we it, social media brought us facebook and those groups brought us all together then they will befriend me so now my page is lit with all types of knowledge and greetings and things like that positive information people were seeing it or not engaging or not but there was a lot who would um, now you can see that it was an influence into their life definitely y'all meet before covid hits how did covid impact the dynamic between the two of you in that early stage because covid force people to spend more time around each other than what they used to. Like that's, I do remember before COVID hit, I would go to the office every day. My wife would be out every day and then we come back and see each other at the end of the day. So you go these hours not being around each other, but then all of a sudden overnight, we're working next to each other in a place that was not created to work from home. And we did not plan to be having the kitchen table be like this. And you be over here in this corner, like, and we were spending a lot of time around each other versus where we had breaks before. I'm curious for you meeting early on, what did COVID do to y'all's dynamic early on? Man, COVID uh, was definitely necessary for our, for our dynamic. I would definitely say that man because um i assume or from what they say a lot of couples actually broke up around that time uh, yes you know because they couldn't stand to be around each other but because we knew the mission at hand and we knew exactly what we had uh came together to do we knew that it was necessary to learn the ins and outs of one another man and it was not easy we had to learn each other to uh because the original point that we tried to make when we came together was we wanted to break generational curses and not to realize that the generational a generation is only 20 or 30 years man so we're talking about us 
our last mm-hmm. we we 38 we 30 so that's our that's us man so we really got to break our old habits our old ways of thinking and learn i had to learn how to be a husband man i had to learn mm-hmm. how to be a dad a father that that for me came easy but the husbandry part came a little bit difficult as most men need to learn how to be a husband as well man so it was necessary uh for us to go through the ins and outs uh, the ups and downs and the sideways and all around some um, for us to make this thing happen it was, it, was fun. Yeah. it was fun for me like soon as COVID hit i was like oh okay now we get to stay quarantine with each other now <laughs> Oh, cool. Oh, head say they over there shacking up. Over there shacking, <laughs> shacking up. Yeah. <laughs> and even for the business. Uh, it was perfect. We got together and we started like experimenting. He introduced me to the world of the Natural Guys Company and what happened, the downfalls and all that. He explained everything to me. One thing I'm so happy about is that he was super transparent. I mean, we had to be. I had just lost. I had a huge loss. So we had to be extremely transparent with each other. And it wasn't like I had very high standards and boundaries and and a part of me like he didn't have the best reputation because of things of this. That boy working that family dollar. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what, man? I upgraded. I upgraded to Walmart, my brother. You know, (laughs) eventually I upgraded to Walmart, man. But that's about best you're going to get around that. Oh, but it was like I knew I'm like okay it's it's not like this goes bro at the end of the day so it was like I knew he wasn't taking a lot of things serious he was just there to just so clear his mind and kind of figure things out again and can I, can, um, I, can I interject real quick I, I I try my best not to cut people off but this this ahead. this this point here I think is is important to highlight because so so I I'm uh met my wife around 25 26 i think we got married at 26 and so thanks thanks that will be actually 10 years this week this week will be our 10 year right so so i appreciate that we talk about just obviously sharing 10 years of marriage and who we were before we met and that time period and i often tell i tell her like you just gave a a chance and a lot of young ladies don't give a chance in that mid 20s time period and the 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 challenge in our community typically is that what a young man has to go through in terms of his development versus a young lady there tends to be more friction in terms of what culture sets him up to get caught doing like when you're a black man you're you're you're, you're you're preyed on more than say right. black women when it comes to the variables around you, and because of that, we we see way more women, black women in college than black males. So then, naturally, by the time when you get to twenty five, you have this young, ambitious group of young ladies who are educated, who are getting their career started. The average black male, a lot of us, some are going to be in that same pool, but a lot of us are going to develop a lot slower given the obstacles that we face at a young age, obstacles that come from different angles. And when you're in those 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 mid-20s, I found one of the more difficult things as a young man around that time period was I felt like I was a great guy, et cetera, et cetera. But the expectations that were put on me from those women that I was dating at the time or 
interacting with it. It was just like, yo, I'm not your dad. <laughs> like, yeah. I, 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 like, what are you? I'm, I'm making. I just got out of school. Like, I'm trying to figure stuff out too. Like, I don't, I can't do what this vision you have. But my wife was different in that she didn't approach, say, me or our dynamic like that. And she saw the value that I had as a human being. She saw just who I was and we worked together to help each other grow and figure things out for, for each other. And I got to highlight here another example of giving a, a chance because if you aren't open enough to see who he is, not just what he's doing versus most people want to lead with what do you do versus who, who you are, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Right. And and we don't do that enough or I don't think we do it enough in our community. And it's frankly a challenge to black women who are interested in black men to if you're in that group of mid 20s and y'all are at the same period, give more grace to what he's doing, because that's not who he is, per se. He's still figuring things out, too. So if you're willing to invest and go along the journey, you'll have a, a very healthy sort of thing that you've built together over time where you you, you have it connected together versus um, trying to yeah. wait for somebody to have all this stuff and then sure. thinking that you're going to be their equal when they meet you when they've already it just doesn't work like that and if you want to no, have a real true partnership you got to do this that's really yep. what when those are they looking to be the beneficiary at that point what they can benefit uh -huh. from whatever that they come to the table with or whatever they think that they come to the table with and try to set themselves up like that. But I had very similar thoughts in college. Like, okay, I'm in my twenties. Like I knew, I just knew that when I went to Winston, I said, oh, I'm gonna meet my husband here. Like that was my, I was about to ride and we about to, we about to do it. Negative, because it didn't happen. <laughs> what you say, babe? I said, got him. <laughs> <laughs> Not me for real, because by the time I got to college, I saw another wave of men. And this is why you would, as a woman, you would be like, whoa, like, how dare you have standards? Like, I, you women think they're the only ones supposed to have standards? No. I saw another wave of men at school that would have standards. Like, okay, I'm a, we're going to do this. You have to be able to do this if I'm going to do this. And, and I saw that and I was like, okay, cool. That's really good. Because I know by the time I'm ready and I want to meet and we start building for real and not just physical attraction, going out, hanging out, going on a yard type, but really building like a future and sitting. Maybe we can go to the library and plan out like our future. <laughs> but it wasn't until I was years later that I knew I had to take my own individual journey outside of that and be 100% confident when I met Benjamin, I was 100% confident. I was like, okay. I know there was some I stuff to be, that to be working at Family Dollar, man. You're right. <laughs> but it was it was only because I saw deeper. I didn't see surface level. I didn't see Family Dollar. Come on, I did not see Family Dollar. You know what I, I came him. to her with, man? Man, I came to her with a business plan the first day. The first day we met up, like that afternoon, or was it the next day? I can't even remember that. It's the next day. I think. It was. I can't remember the next day or afternoon. Man, I brought my laptop. The first day we had a business plan date. Like that was, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> but that's definitely some. It's important, man, because a lot of our marriage businesses fail. I think one percent or something. I don't even know the stats. Yeah. But what we're what we're building is a solid foundation within us. 
so that when we um, have our children and my son, uh, who's already here, man, he can inherit the knowledge, wisdom and the, and the understanding of just life and, and already not necessarily if you don't want to go into the uh, health and wellness industry or she, they can also have the inherited tools to have their own thing going whatever they want to do. Sure. Definitely be. I think those tools are a lack now. Nobody's teaching these tools, man. I think if you're 50 and above, you should be passing down some type of knowledge to the younger generation about how to get their stuff together. man. So Mm -hmm. that's definitely important. And both of you mentioned just a distaste for the U S learning about other cultures. You eventually relocated at some point after you met so when did you actually and, and not just when but what was sort of the 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 straw that broke the camel's back so to speak to say you know what let's just let's get i know you mentioned you had your son but what was the the straw that said okay let's now is the time to go back to germany or to go to germany and it was the height of covid when we shot out of that place man it was the height of covid uh we was just like let's do it uh divine had bought the tickets i think uh four months three Five months before, uh, man, things had gotten really bad with COVID, man. We was like, we gonna get up out of here. We was manifesting in our mind. We saw it. We was actually physically there in the place that we that we were gonna be, man. We put all our really, all our. I'm sorry. Yeah, we we really took that time to really just go in because family is important, and I knew this was just uh, phase one of whatever is gonna roll out later. So I knew it was gonna hit, have a heightened sense of awareness, and then it was gonna come down and may pop up again. But it was just a point in this whole movement of our life and life path that we had to be patient and wait and then when it was time to like uh, it's like it's kind of like a game you just have to wait until like like you uh, opportunity when the thing gets close to jump on it so that you can get to the next side and that's what it was when that came for us and we just had to process it and that's what we pretty much did it was it was dope i love my planner i love planning it was like okay and because his son was there it was a no-brainer like how Mm -hmm. why would i want to be in a, a marriage or union or relationship with him and he's not he's not around his son so that for me was just a no-brainer like let's just if i'm going if i have to recreate my life in another country I will. I'm glad this night said it best. I'd rather live in this world than be without him in mind. Like that's mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. living in this world. <laughs> and okay, if I'm wrong here, let me know. But from what I remember from my days and being my wife was in the foreign service. She adjudicated visas. I know a little bit about that process. So from what I understand, going to Germany, we didn't we didn't, I think maybe in the future we might, but we didn't need to get a visa uh, to go to Germany and you could stay there for like as long as like 90 days, I think, before you had to leave and re-enter. Mm-hmm. Yes. Did you guys go over there like with a 90 day plan, then kind of leave and come back? Or did you go over there like we are here no. moving this forward? No, nah, yeah. brother, that's the thing. That's that's the uh, difference between, I think, like freedom and sovereignty, because our sovereign mind allows us to be above. Like once we say we're going to do something, it's, it's mind, body and spirit all in one. And that's manifested. And that's what we're going to do. And it doesn't matter who's in our way. These little obstacles we're passing through, man. And that's uh, we knew that once we got here. No three-month visa was going to hold us back. No, uh, Devon is great over here, man. She has a, her, her visa. She's doing her thing. So, yeah, man. It was it's like, about strategy. Like, you really, the three-month, and you just learn, you research. So, all you have to do is research and figure out a plan for yourself. The, the beautiful mm-hmm. thing about 
how all this is coming full circle it's just preparation one of my models yeah. was, uh what is it babe uh, piss poor prevents uh That's preparation I, <laughs> I haven't said it in a while preparation pre prevents piss prevents poor piss poor planning performance yeah that's it. yeah <laughs> so for me like it was really okay let me just put this in my let me go back in my childhood or in my early stages of like dreaming about the world because as as grown-ups as adults we still should definitely tap into that child dream imagination and, and a world of wonder like where what happened to that world of wonder where you can do anything and you can be anything and you can do it um, one of the things that i have always wanted to do was be a freelancer freelance writer freelance you know i was like thought that word was just so interesting to me growing up because i'm like yeah i don't really want to work for nobody i want to be a freelancer and I, that stuck with me um so hey that was amazing opportunity i'm just happy to be able to know exactly the route to take to get me to where i need to be what it looks like ain't always what it is it's just what what is what the eyes perceive it to be i've actually i appreciate the way y'all talk about the intent behind what you do uh because like I've said this on a prior episode, the story of Moses in terms of the Red Sea, parting the Red Sea. And we often read these stories and we're like, oh, this stuff isn't true uh, because like from a scientific standpoint, who's going to part the Red Sea to just walk from one end to the other, right? This is, is this Star Wars or what are we talking about? Yeah, yeah. But the meaning behind that, I think, is more about what you said in terms of when you do what you're called to do and you and you don't let the perceived obstacles around you get in your way. Mm -hmm. Somehow they get out of your way and a mm -hmm. path is cleared for you to move forward, even if it's not, say, the path in which you thought it would be. But when you stay true to the mission and what you've committed and, and, and like you said, mind, body, soul, it all starts with what you think and then what you do behind it. When you, all of that is aligned, things get out of your way. And especially when you are also able to do something, what you said earlier, listen to the, the, the instincts within because there are illusions and temptations around us to trick us into not doing what we trick us into not listening to ourselves Mm -hmm. And it's up to us to be able to decipher what's really us talking versus what somebody has told us to tell ourselves. Like this is like the, the the biggest, at least to me, it's been one of the biggest things that I've had to sharpen against to understand like what am I thinking versus what am I what have I been taught to think or yeah. what have I been taught to respond or feel versus how I a, truly feel about something at a certain time like when you battle yourself a little bit with that because it, like in you, you there is like a period where you're really feeling messed up about what you getting ready to go against and there's mm -hmm. like a period where you're like okay let me reevaluate um, but for me I know it's short period but when you actually make the decision and follow through with everything and see the results of it and feel it and know it and internally like just complete surrender and gratitude and just be thankful that that is what you asked for on your this is what exactly what you asked for and just be grateful for yeah. it does open the door for for that to be a flow with really more ease like your decisions in life flow with a lot more ease when you're in alignment with those things. I could have listened to the vo whatever, you know, about the old Keandre, all his situation, mm -hmm. that family dollar, messy. Right. 
<laughs> right. No, you know, but I saw, I immediately, I saw past that. I saw like a, totally something different and I, I honor him. I'm so totally grateful. Like I'm really am grateful that I thank you, babe. knew that she that was had a, to man, because we was just talking about my squeakers, man. I had these old shoes, bro, that I <laughs> and these squeak, squeakers. Bro. You squeak every time I walk, man. And she, <laughs> I said, Damn, you know what I'm saying? I still got chosen, you know, I still got chosen. With the squeaks, <laughs> you know what I mean? Still got chosen with the squeakers. Man, I was broke, I was busted down, man. A man will change for who, for the woman that he wants to be. The woman that he wants to be in his future, he will change for it. So like a... I, I may have been a little hard on him and challenging or just re needed reassurance on certain things, but that's a really good thing that I can say to any woman out here. If you see that man has changed or is changing, proactively step back, so chill out, relax. And brothers, don't be afraid to be challenged by your woman, man. That's what's going to mold you and shape you to a piece of steel, brother. So don't be afraid to be you know, taking a little constructive criticism and all that good stuff, man. Take it with a grain of salt and move on, man. That's what men do. So. And, and and I got to double down on what you speak from a man's perspective, because I think where a lot of misstep is they they intentionally seek a woman who they know they can have an advantage over uh in the in the power dynamic they intentionally see that better myself man <laughs> relationships where they know going into the relationship they're going to have a certain asymmetry of power because of the money they make or their age or now, now granted i always talk about how just the even this idea of uh what's it called uh underage like that's a new philosophy in human civilization. Like even our mm -hmm. grandparents, those those folks were getting you know, like the color purple with Celia and Mister and everything. Like that was very normal just yeah. two generations ago. The average man learns from those types of people and that mm -hmm. that sort of mindset of like this is why you date, this is why you have a woman, this is how you treat them, this is what they need to be doing. And <clears throat> unfortunately, in the world we're in today especially given just where we are today as a community, that is a detrimental mindset to the black community. Black men can't view women that way or try to set up relationships under that old model right, because right. it's an old model. We got to update the model, what I'm saying? And like you said, when you are a young, interested in young men, you want to find someone who is not afraid to call you out on your bullshit and hold you accountable right. because... The average will run you over if there's no respect there. That's just how it's gonna be. If if I know I'm just gonna be able to get away with this, I'm gonna yeah, do what right. I yeah. I'm gonna continue gonna do to do it. it. Yeah. yeah. So you the, the, the women have to be comfortable holding people yeah. accountable too, and guys got to be. They have to allow themselves to get checked when they know they're wrong instead of lying all the time. It's like when you know you're wrong, just just you. All right. I was wrong. Uh, like I no did, need to, yeah, no need yeah. to twist it, gaslighter, do any other. Like, look, when you wrong, you wrong. You know what I'm saying? But I, I think that's important. Like you said, sharp, it's still sharp and still. Why, as a man, would you intentionally seek a partner who you know you're going to take advantage of, or who you know you don't have that mutual respect for? It's not a healthy. It's yeah, already the makings of an unhealthy failure, relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Both of y'all said being set up for failure. Let me let me just go here with it then, because especially especially in some of those communities that you mentioned, nation, a lot of I'm not let me not say a lot, but in the Muslim community, the idea of uh, polygamy 
uh, polyamory, especially over in Europe. I know when I was in Amsterdam, it's rampant. <laughs> like it is a thing over there for sure. So I'm curious, like just just for you all, I, I don't necessarily go down this road, but since we here, like, are y'all one one? Are you are you? Do you even believe in the institution of marriage, or are you like this one of these kind of newer sort of unionized things? Like, how do you define your own sort of partnership? Mm-hmm. Well, well, um, you, you want to take that, babe? <laughs> yeah, um, I was previously married on paper, and I would tell anybody, man, if that's what you want to do, by all means, go ahead with the middleman thing. But uh, definitely, man, to have a spiritual tie with someone is, is a lot better. It's a thousand times better, man, because for one, it's only you two guys, and it's only you two and a spirit. There's three people there, so you can really get to know each other for who you are. Yeah, definitely, I think, uh, I forgot what I was going with that joint, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's so many, it's so many different ways that you. It's we so can many take different it. ways. What do you what do you call yourselves? Husband, wife, partners? Like how do you yeah, refer I call to each other? My wife, man. Um, okay. Yeah, I'll never call my wife. Yeah, everything, <laughs> babe, wife, whatever, man. Uh, we definitely don't conform to. Oh, sorry, babe. No, no, no. It's okay. Yeah, we definitely don't conform to uh, titles and these these groups and things like that. Um, we've kind of elevated our spirit above. Uh, we know, things. like we we're we're creating like alternatives instead of buying rings. Like I love jewelry, and I won't be opposed to a ring. But like mm-hmm. we got uh, matching tattoos on our ring finger. We did that um, as just uh, like tribal and just doing things, experiencing things together. Memories is really big for us, creating memories so that we can have keep dates on what we did, when we did them. We have the symbol on our ring finger, which signifies this 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 intertwining of union that we've always dreamed that we want to be in. In the fairy tale world, it is getting married, it is buying a right dress and having all your family. Um, and we're gonna have a dope celebration one day. We already know we're gonna have a really amazing like gathering one day um, where our family friends children that will witness us uh, saying more affirmative life statements to each other and making creating more vows and things like that we just want to do it different i've never been a traditional person Um, when he said he was uh he told me about his previous marriage i'm just like oh i feel mm." i was like dang because i kind of knew that it's just kind of like a close eye blind thing where i'm trying to figure it out but in the process of just making a mess now that he got a uh, opportunity to clean it up this is what i'm supposed to be not the one that keeps spilling stuff and making you make you pay for your mistakes and make you pay for your mistakes but to support that you okay you made a mess but maybe you don't have to this is clean it up and as on your own time and how you are able to heal because you have to heal and grow and learn too you just you, yeah. it's just so inevitable and I'm very patient and was patient with the process, but immediately we already knew that we were in a union and also um, just equating like the marriage license to the business license. Same thing, same sh- different toilet. A marriage is a, is a, it is a partnership agreement, a just like a business is. Yeah. It, it's very similar. It's, it's, it's very, very similar. No, no question there. So we do Especially have our, when you sign that, that document. We have, we have that, our paperwork in terms of that and more. And more. Mm-hmm. So let me, because I, I do just, just to, because I, I, my thinking is, if I'm willing to create paperwork between us to say this is what this is, then why not sign? Why not get legally married too? What, like, from your point of view, what's the why behind embracing the fact that we do need something here as an agreement to make sure that we, pre- no, we are don't. on the same page, or, 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 or no? We don't. No, we, we don't, don't need, need it. Any, yeah. He's already experienced that with 
another situation and I never have experienced it. And I never wanted to. I ran from like four marriage proposals. I could have been married four times in my lifetime, but I could not put myself through that. Like the cheating and the till death do you part. Women be really on that. You say them vows, they be like, oh, type thing. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of, I think know. the whole the whole matter of it is that we create our own bylaws for our own marriage. When you get your paper signed, your marriage certificate signed or whatnot, the government created their bylaws for you. That's pretty much where that stands. And also speaking on like polygamy, I was on that, studying that pretty hard. And I thought that I was going to, I was in Dubai. I saw the, the guys with the four or five wives and the Louis Vuitton burkas and doing their thing. And Louis I, I Vuitton okay, burkas, you know, dang. And, but definitely, man, you got to master the art of one woman before you think you can get two or three. You know what I'm saying? Man, yeah. You. That is definitely the truth. <laughs> the men who are doing it, shout out to them in Africa and other continents and countries and places, man. They definitely, if it's working for them. So yeah. so for the record, it's not something that y'all embrace in, in y'all's uh, partnership. It's very much between two individuals not not open to others and and stuff like that yeah, pretty much we discussed it in the beginning and we pretty much came to the same conclusion that that's what it was man so because i was open i was open to it too in the beginning like we were definitely studying the same um, but it was a very clear no because um <laughs> <laughs> because of the it, it, it only works for certain people. It only I feel like it works for a certain, and I, and I don't even know if my my bro out there in the world is still doing it. I'm pretty sure he is, but it, it, the way he has his little situation going, I respected it a hundred percent. But see, I, it is he was with his. You got to be with your first wife for a certain amount of time and get to know that first wife, and then she makes the decision. You can you can suggest it, but she picks the wife and you guys, but she makes a decision, man. When that's where I think a lot of guys who's trying to do this thing, get it all twisted and pimping and all that. It's not even like that, man. And I think that if we could, if, if we wanted to do it, we could do it. But uh, right now, it's definitely not an option for us right now. So no, we're not accepting any applications. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I got to like, like we talk about the model in which the relationship like so maybe there was a point in time where the model for one husband, multiple wives, maybe there's a point in time where that model makes a lot of sense. Today, I just see that as a very stressful model, personally. Yeah, and sure. I, I've been, like I said, I've been married 10 years. I don't know, say, what that dynamic would look like if all of a sudden I have to then share the amount of investment with another right, party. Right, right. It's just, who, I who mean, who, who, <laughs> what, what, if that, what if she was <laughs> well prepared? to it wasn't that you would take her on like completely fully finances and just take her on but what if it was she was prepared to be an asset to your family i'd be curious like what an asset would look like like do we get that and like, it's like, well, like, what kind of, <laughs> like, what kind of assets we talking? About? Because like, realistically, okay, if if it's seven days in a week, who gets how many days? Or is it somebody gets nights and weekends? Like back in the day with the cell phone, like like free nights and weekends, free nights and weekends. <laughs> yeah, and then somebody else gets the the day shift. Or am I given like you know A B schedule? I'm with you Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I'm with you. This is this is this. this, this. Like, so I'm, how you I'm set already it up, stressed. 
I'm already really stressed. How you and your first wife set it up? I really think it could work if it was like on alternate alternate schedules. Like mm. unless everybody's just into like this huge energy vortex of high power sexual energy that could be happening. But a lot of that could just really be like alternative schedules. Like you got somebody, you well, not somebody got one during the day, one in the evening and rotate. I don't know. It's just, it's just it, me at the end of the day, it's just really conversation because it's not, I don't see it. It's not, don't resonate with me at all. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just sounds like a, a lot to, to function, especially like, like I said, businesses, anything between two people, the, the data to suggest that it'll be successful is already what it is, whether it be partnerships, businesses, the more people that have a seat at the table, the less likely that everybody's going to be on the same page. That's just how, how I, I tend to see it. But yeah. but let me so let me give so you guys come come to Germany with the business plan with already like uh, even you've you've had a swing at it too you've you've got some experience you you've gotten a little knowledge and now you're coming back with a partner and an improved plan to get this natural guys company off the ground but you're doing this at the heat of covid when things are still shut down quarantine all that type of stuff so what were some of the initial challenges as it relates to the natural guys company when you guys touched down in Germany and, and wanted to really hit the ground running with the business. Everything was um, shut down. Every, everything was shut down. This mandatory mask mandate, you know how it is, man. But pretty much everything was shut down. What we had to do was we had brought some products from the States with us over to Germany. And we used those as kind of like a barter system to get things that we wanted or needed at the time. And it also gave us a chance to talk about our company with other, with, with other people as well and share knowledge and experience and also uh, things like that. So the challenges uh, definitely was that it was just everything was shut down. What were some of those products? I'm sorry? What were some of those products that y'all came over here with or over to Germany with? came over with soap of course that's like our popular product and then uh, salve and body butter tinctures uh, roll-on um, essential oil blends we came over with a, a nice amount we shipped a lot of stuff over with boxes and things like that and then we just saw it as a huge opportunity now because a lot of herbs what we were doing in the states naturally uh, that we found in the states dried or we bought them from like other places naturally grew over here and <clears throat> We saw that as a learning opportunity too, to just take the time and just learn the land over here, learn the herbs, learn what grow, what season. So we just went all the way back in the student mode once again. But in between those times, we set up like photo shoots and we just kind of like bartered with our old products, gave people samples, and we just really kind of like bootstrapped it, bootstrapped everything about this company. But the challenge was that everything was shut down, so there was like no markets. It was horrible. <clears throat> it was like ghost town around here. Can you just imagine like no live events, no nothing, and how it was with everything when it, when it just happened in the heat of it. And you trying to sell stuff that get sold by the like aroma and the scent and the like the senses it's a sensory product it's hard to sell someone a, a soap that they've never smelled before or felt before or a cream they can't sample in the store you know it's like people yeah. typically aren't gonna get those products without some sort of face-to-face -face interaction first typically yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. And like you said, most people like to smell it and touch it and things like that. So it was a little bit of a challenge at the time. So, yeah. so people and, 
And you said your grandmother was sort of the inspiration for the soap. So what type of soap did grandma make back in the day? It was They called it lye soap. And it's just, uh, I don't know, really. I can't, I was young, man. So I, <laughs> I just know they used to make soap and I figured it out. Mm. So I went to, uh, back to the drawing board and started doing some studying. And like she said, we were very much in uh, student mode, man. So I went and took some uh, courses and I actually got a master herbalist degree and really <laughs> took it to the next level so that I can really get the ends and outs of these, uh, these herbs that we're using. And we want to really pride people on the uh, education portion of it, of the things that they're putting onto their bodies. It's not so much of the sense of the smells of these uh, products, but it's more so the medicinal value that it has and can benefit you uh, as a as a whole. Like what when you say that medicinal value, what's some examples of what you mean there? Oh, uh, for sure. Um, any type of skin inflammation to uh, that's mostly what our soaps and body butters are for. And then we also have uh, other products like teas. We have a very fine collection of teas, but these herbs that we're using are very very hand-picked and, and very, like, selected for um, certain ailments like maybe high blood pressure or, uh, you rash, know, um, rashes, rashes, skin rashes. Yeah, things that um, people go through generally generally every day. We go out into the forest and forage these uh, specific herbs. Out in Germany, the forest in Germany. Y'all in German forest yeah. picking up berries and leaves and herbs straight from the, straight from the, from the land. From the rooter to the tutor, yeah. Creating these products. It was so many herbs that we didn't even know. Like, I mean, it's still a lot that we see all and and just really are at, at all, like going and seeing all these different herbs out here. It's amazing. Yeah. In the States, we so had the, to... Uh, go ahead. I was saying in the States, we had to order most of our herbs from different sources. But here, like Devon said, they grow naturally here. Um, red clover, uh, Oregon yeah. grapefruit, so much nettle, so much things here that just grow in our backyard. We want to keep like a bird's eye view on our inventory and the ingredients that we put in our products so we can actually forge these products by hand and actually break them down, make sure they're in top quality and then uh, make the oils and everything that goes for our um, product. But then when That's we educate our view, I'm sorry, when we educate, we, we you identify these plants and then you realize that they grow everywhere because you have now you have the knowledge because we're giving bringing this awareness to you of like this is what the plant looks like this is what it where it grows what it does and the next thing you start seeing it like oh man that's this nettle or, oh wow that's dandelion whatever like in the country down here uh, that poke salad that they would eat sometimes it'd be like a uh, some joint that would grow like as a weed but I heard like my pop side of family one time I was with him and he was like, oh, it's some poke salad. And it was like some what? And it's just like a weed. And he chopped it down and he cooked it up. And I was like, what in the world? Yeah. Danny Lion, so, too, it's the same, man. Oh, those weeds in people's yards, they think they want to just cut them down or spray pesticides on them. But they actually hold every vitamin from A to Z you need actually and you can you can live off those things, man. I didn't till I wasn't until I was in my mid-20s quote unquote, trying to be healthy at a Whole Foods. And I've realized, I was like, wait, I'm paying for dandelion green? What, like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, I'm paying for a dandelion? Like, th this is the thing that I'm supposed to eat? A dandelion green? Like, yeah. it, it is crazy how just so many things can give value. So from a business perspective, though, you're able to forage key ingredients that, that cost just a little bit of your time, not as much capital to, to 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 get what you need how much like if you spend 
four hours foraging, you'll get enough herbs to produce what volume of products, roughly? Four hours of foraging, man, we'll probably be good for a year, six months, at least a year, year and a half. Yeah. Basically, oh, yeah, really? because we don't actually use the whole plant per se for the, for the product. We actually um, infuse oil with the plant mm. to extract the medicine. And so it doesn't you don't need that, that much of the plant. It doesn't take that much. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Oh, so and this is where I guess the uh, you said a, a master and herbalist. Well, I'm sorry. How, how did you frame it? Uh, the the certificate or the the education you got? It says master herbalist. I guess that's an old term, man. I'm just, I'm pretty much just an herbalist. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and is that herbalist background how you learn to extract at what proportions and like? do all that yeah. in a way where you know for sure like you're you're going to get that uh medicinal value out of it because you know what this plant yields and what that plant yields etc yeah uh, before yeah. In 2018 i was just going off of a whim um, but it wasn't up until i went to school that i actually learned the formulations uh, actually how to formulate and put the science behind it uh, to get the exact type of medicine that you need uh, for your body mm, very very interesting very very interesting Okay, the soap was the OG product. Just talk to me a little bit about how y'all have expanded the the products from the soap to the body butters. Like, what was what was next after the soap? Well, Devon was doing teas uh, before mm. uh, we met, actually. So, if you want to talk a little bit about that too, well, we expanded after the soap. Uh, that was just like the most exciting production to take part in after he introduced me to the whole business plan. So once I started making soap, I was super excited. And then the concept of having a line of these products to complement each other came about. So you have the body butter that's made out of um, shea butter and we whip it, hand whip it three times to get it really fluffy and really put that care into the production. And salve that will also substitute as ointment. So you have your healing ointment or for chat lips. So everything has its proper mm-hmm. place in the scheme of taking care of your skin. So you not only you have your soap, you have your body butter cream, and then you have a salve. And then also you have an essential oil blend that was introduced as well for the aromatherapy purpose to hit pressure points on um, your body that can activate those um, sensories. Uh, sensors and heating points that your body heats up um, quickly at. So the essential oil blend also. Tinctures are being introduced um, because I learned and I studied herbalism for a long time. I don't have a degree or a certificate. I pretty much learned from the land and people and old, I say old white witches, (laughs) Uh, because when Mm -hmm. I was like in my in my early 20s, I did a retreat where I I was offered a scholarship to go learn about herbalism in um, Asheville, North Carolina. I love Asheville. Asheville is dope. It's beautiful. Yeah, so I was able to go there and camp and I was doing also doing a work study. So I not only was there participating, but I worked alongside with a lot of uh, women. And most of them were like old white women that was teaching about the history of uh, plant medicine and herbalism. That's big and, in Asheville. Really? So that was kind of like my background, introducing and blending and knowing what tinctures is just a form of uh 
like you can be vinegar based, alcohol based, and you only use like a drop or two drops underneath the tongue and it instantly goes into the bloodstream and kind of really fast working throughout the body. I experienced that a lot in that in Asheville, which it really just drew me into nature and the connectedness that we all have with the land um, being mm -hmm. original people. I've always said this like a lot is that we are far removed from the land if we get back to those ways of silencing ourselves and listen to our, our world around us. It'll open us up to really be creative more, you know, be more happier, be more joyful, be more clear minded, be more grounded, which we can use a lot more of these people in the world right about now. We don't need a lot of people that's just, oh, la, la, yeah. you know, like that's really overwhelming and it gives me anxiety, but I get it. You know, sometimes people need to get their energy out, but like it really, really need at this point um, for individuals, individuals to be thinking clearly, to be having that groundedness, to be a part of the evolution of how the world is going with all the germs and the, and everything that's surrounding. But we have to have form this shield of protection and know what combats what and use it proactively because people want to wait till they get sick and then start like trying to do all these herbal remedies thing and it's just going to work the next day. It don't work like that. Right. <laughs> it don't work right. like that. You have to keep yourself constantly in that routine, in that regimen of using these things so that they can keep that keep your immune system protected so so you can have a, so you don't get sick as much because it happens sometimes but it's a it's a whole 360 degree thing that we bring to the table with this company something as simple as like we really was like encouraging everyone to really oh you know, something as simple as washing your hands so you know, or creating mm -hmm. your own sanitizer learning what essential oils is antiviral antibacterial and mixing it with um, a little bit of vodka and making there's your hand sanitizer and and like so because when it comes all right so when it comes to these types of products you're saying even the topical joints like the soaps and the creams will still help heal on the inside too am i hearing that correct absolutely yes absolutely and what that you just put onto back. your body is just as important is just as important as what you put into your body when you use herbal soap for instance uh you shouldn't just uh, wash it on and wash it off so quickly you should let it stay on for at least five to seven minutes let mm. the oils and let the herbs and all the medicine soak into your skin so that uh, you can really can really activate that acne Get, get rid of all the acne, any issues that you may have, actually. So Very interesting. Yeah, the average, the average was on and off. Yeah. But to really do it right, you you should, like, let it rest for a little bit before you rinse off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I got to admit, both of y'all skin is glowing from 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 my lens. So the product's got to be doing something something right oh, here. At least y'all 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 are are glowing over there with with the skin. So I gotta say, man, something must be working with them products. Yeah, we Thank actually you. been fasting for the last three days, man. So we actually just broke the fast today to be on the podcast. I wanted to make sure we had enough energy. Actually, I hope we got enough energy up here today because um, <laughs> yeah, we wanted for to make sure. sure it was good. Yeah, for sure, man. Thank you. The, the natural guys company currently if if someone were interested that was not in germany can they get access to these products definitely uh, uh we just we're, we're on our campaign right now and this is why we're so important that we bring awareness to this campaign because uh this will allow us to ship um, back to the u.s once the campaign is over and what what really it fuels us our company is that one of the things 
is our U.S. customer base. Um, when we first started selling during the pandemic and we had so many people supporting us and then it expanded not only from, it started in North Carolina, obviously, but then it expanded to other states. We do have um, customers that are looking forward to our return. If, if anyone is like in tune or interested in the, that is watching from the States, you can go to our website and see what we have um, available during our campaign, which we do have have some packages available. Okay. And this campaign is, is, uh, can we just kind of maybe talk about some of these, uh, packages? Uh, do you mind? Sure. Basically it's a campaign crowdfunding campaign that we're running and some of the perks that uh, you guys can get is, um, you can of course get our soap. You can also get a wellness package. We have wellness packages available, um, which involves, uh, life coaching, health and wellness, um, holistic plans, ear candling, uh, teas, or like a variety of teas, and of course, uh, some uh, hygiene products. What else do we have? Um, we how to have, make e-books. Yes, we also have a workbook on how to make your own soap. So if you're interested in that as well, uh, it's a step-by-step -step guide that can take you from A to Z on how to make your own herbal soaps the same way that we do. And then we um, have one of our... Like, I'm sorry. One of our perks, I don't mean to talk over you, babe, is Go I'm going to explain the other perks. So we have a silver patron, the gold and platinum. So if anyone wants to just like be a donor, uh, we experience a lot of people and sometimes people just want to give and not, they don't want anything. They don't want to sell it and they just want to give. So on also a part of the perk, perk page or the rewards page is where you can just give and be like an honorary person um, sponsor on our page where if you just want to give a hundred to be a silver um, patron then you your logo your company your name will like go on our website as like one of our happy supporters because we have a page just for happy supporters people who just want to give in addition to the soul uh, we will be rolling out more perks as the campaign go along so we're creating some like amazing crafted teas from goldenrod to calendula, different herbs that grow in our community that we forge. We're going to be creating tea blends for them. And those are going to be like adding on to the rewards as the campaign go along. So yeah, like if you've ever was interested in learning how to make soap and it's very super easy, uh, we have a, a book that you, a guidebook that you can follow on our perks page word i want to make sure we have the links available for people to to access everything that you're talking about the, the natural guys company I, I i love a couple of things about it obviously with the podcast focusing on those five f's family friends finances freedom and future the family element of just two loved ones working together to build a business i think is already special enough and the fact that you still like each other throughout this whole process kudos to y'all <laughs> <laughs> no doubt man that's <laughs> that is that that in itself is an achievement and and the fact that y'all are doing this as ex expats transplants what how what would we call that would we say expats expats yeah expats is the wave so as expats in germany uh, any any desire to, to to come back to the u.s in the future do you think to visit yes to yes, visit sure. to live okay. no but to visit to visit we'll visit we want to visit next year <laughs> and do you foresee maybe anywhere other than germany uh, that you might call home 
Yes. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I can't really put a pin on it though. Um, but yeah, for sure. Germany anywhere, is anywhere hot and melanated with some sun and some beautiful black people, man, we're gonna be there, man. Yeah, because yeah, Germany... hot and melanated don't sound like Germany. It's not, it's not. that's why Germany is like <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Only when there's like festivals. You got like an African mm -hmm. festival and everybody mm -hmm. you see mostly melanated folks and then they have lots of communities out here as well. But we're in a whole nother different space in time in our life. And we've never really went with the status quo of anything, uh, mostly. But now when we here in Germany, we embrace it. We embrace it. He's mm -hmm. been here long before me. I know I have family, great, great uncles who were is in the was in the military that was stationed out here. I've had I have ancestors to walk this land. I actually have a relative that live out here as well that was military affiliate as well. But I'm just kind of walking in my 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 purpose, but I'm purposefully poised and positioned here at this time, which I never would have thought. So I'm happy that it's just an amazing experience that I get to tell my children one day that I get to have that the, and, and they're more than likely going to be born here. So they get to experience that life of um, world school and being able to move again and not being uh, in the States and having this elementary head start, elementary, middle school, high school, college, this whole American programming that we had um, growing up and they get to be open and to a whole new different world and it all it all works works out in the end and it plays out very well i'm very very grateful for not just having you both uh join on this episode but just the fact that both of you were, were so open and honest about the background the story which led you to where you are today and i can't wait to see what what's to come because it's even even with all the work you've put in the later foundation it, it's, it still seems like we're at the beginnings of something you're just getting started with here so Definitely. very very and i've <clears throat> i want to continue to link in with y'all because this information about natural herbs and how they can help us uh, as it relates to our everyday ailments and things like that. This is something that we are definitely undereducated on. I'm going to circle back with y'all just to have an episode going down that wormhole. I would love to really talk about some of that in more detail, what some of these herbs are, how we can use them, what we should be thinking about using them for and, and, and help spread some of the good work that y'all are doing even further, because I do think that is something that we need more of in our community. So, Wishing y'all all the best, but before we, we wrap up and get out of here, living in Germany, do you speak German? And and if you don't, like, I, I lived in Amsterdam for two years, one of the best places to live if you don't speak another language as an English speaker, right? Like, you can really do everything in Amsterdam and not speak any Dutch. Yeah. How is it being in German? Do you any? And how is it if you don't know the language? I speak German. I understand it more than I can speak. Uh, but that's because I don't practice much, man. Everybody want to speak English with me when I speak, try to speak. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, definitely in Berlin, it's very international, man. So you can definitely mm -hmm. get away with speaking English like nothing, man. And everybody, for the most part, will definitely uh, understand you and help you out or speak back English. Um, but for the rest of Germany, I can't say in Mannheim, after the soldiers left, uh, wasn't much English there. So they went back to the, the German um, regular tone and everything, a language. So uh, you want to talk about uh, how I'm you're at doing? ground zero <laughs> in Germany. 
Uh, listen, I was a French studier in high school and mm. Spanish. I, I can flow, but German, my God, that's a whole yeah, other different. Yeah, it's it's a different. different. However, I do have personal goals. I've researched and studied. It's on the list to go to German school. It's on my list. I mean, I definitely want to achieve a nice level of German because I, I hold myself up to a standard that I will definitely just, it's, it'll be something for me to do as a personal goal. Um, I'm not trying to climb the German ladder. If I want trying to climb the American ladder, I'm not climbing the German ladder. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and the hierarchies, like the, 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 the structures aren't that once you get up to that level, at least in my experience, you start to realize like, OK, they might do a little bit stuff different. But once you get it to the higher ups, yeah. it don't look much different from same. America yeah. to exactly. Exactly. There you go. There you go. There's an elite class of people, period, that are yeah. pulling the strings. Yeah. And I'm not. I don't need to be in no horse race with anybody at all to 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 say that I fit in or that I'm, I'm I can be like you or try to beg for you and I see that anybody's table because I spent a lot of years. Me and Benjamin both we built this table. It can fold up. It can. It's long. We can do whatever. We can take it wherever we need to go. Just like these memes. Look, I gotta go. If it ain't if it ain't working, don't waste. We're not gonna be able to. Need, we don't need time wasted. So we came here with an open heart, pure intentions. His son is here. Berlin is dope because it's English speaking. So it's not like German is like needed, but you do get frustrated with things and just everyday living. So which is why I made it a personal goal to take it, but. Child, pray for me because mm. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I will say, man, if you um, if you ever in Germany, or you and your wife or family ever want to come through, man, Berlin per se, uh, please, we'll we'll be more than welcome to have you guys, man. Yo, no, hey, look, I'm my my wife actually did a semester in Berlin when she was in grad school, so she's been to Berlin. When we lived in Germany or when we lived in Amsterdam, we never went to Germany. So I've yet to go, but it is on my list of places to visit. So it is nice to know that when that time comes, have some people to, to, to catch up with in person. So I'm definitely yeah, gonna uh, gonna keep that noted. And we definitely so, wanna thank you also for this um this platform i know this like going all the way back circling around like it when i saw you no know, clippets and clips of you uh interviewing people and i just knew it, it fits you it really does it really opens this this lane for you man and really and i'm really happy that you were able to have us on here appreciate that i, I do appreciate that my my last question before i give you the, the floor is like benjamin whatever you've been smelling like, I don't know what it is, but there's this thing that you keep bringing up to your nose throughout the episode. And I got to just know, what is it and why are you smelling it? What is the value you're getting from this 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 thing that you keep bringing up to your nose? Man, my lovely wife know how nervous I am before these things, man. So she uh, strategically placed lavender oil <laughs> right by my desk, man. So I, I smell it to keep me calm and, uh, and grounded. Bring me back to reality because my mind wandering all over the place so i hit this lovely herb right here man it kind of brings me back to a grounded uh space calm you know. yeah good to know good to know so even just even that like i don't think i really grasp the point of natural oils all the way like if you don't have a, a burner or something or like I see people put it in the bath water or stuff like that but yeah. I don't think like what you just did or what you've been doing is my first time witnessing that sort of use for it. Now I'm thinking like, oh, okay, I could just line up my whole office with all types of joints that for especially, or make sure I had those just within arm's reach in case I just need a quick 
in hell. Hit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, 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 it works, man. Oh, yeah, it we, really works. Yeah. <laughs> we gonna have to circle back and learn more about these oils and, and the benefits that we can get. Any any last words that both of you would like to oh, share with the audience before we close out? Hey, listen, we I'm glad that uh, this isn't my first rodeo with really being transparent. This is really just a moment of time of reflection and gratitude. We could have went in so many different <laughs> angles about who we are and what we represent. But for the most part, as you can see, we're just two pure amazing two in our own horns couple and man i just i i love benjamin a mate like a million times infinitely <laughs> i don't really it's just a, a, a amazing vibe i can really i really am thankful to be experiencing this business this marriage this life um, with him and now finally being able to like share and really come out after these few years now that we uh, and have left the U.S. and update everybody on kind of like what's going on, man. So I hope everyone had a good time listening. Awesome. What about you, Benjamin? Any last words? Yeah, I'm definitely grateful for being here and having for you having us on today, man. I'm very, very much grateful. And uh, I would just like to encourage everyone out there, if you're going through anything, whatever you're doing, just stay prayed up if that's what you want to call it stay um keep your armor on if that's what you want to call it your spiritual armor and just uh stay in the game stay in the fight stay positive definitely thank you thank you no doubt this is the g podcast where we focus on family friends finances freedom and our future and f everything else greatly appreciate the natural guys company for joining we are out make sure you subscribe and join us again for the next episode Shout out the old hillside while we at it. Yes, sir.